Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And a very special welcome to Season 2 of Prodigal Son. <laughs> yes, as promised, we kept watching the show. I don't think there's a surprise there, though. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, we had to... They took... It's interesting. Uh, they do the little thing of wanting to keep the uh wanting to keep it roughly in sync with our own timeline so this episode is set the first episode is that set nine months after the previous episode yeah uh and i mean obviously it would have only been three months had there not been the covid uh shut down but yeah they they make it be and the explanation is that dr whitley has been in solitary confinement for a while for causing the riot, and he's had restricted communication with the outside world for a while, and so that's why he hasn't talked. Malcolm hasn't talked to his father in not in almost a year. Yeah, which is who boy. <laughs> uh, it is it is great to see them back together, though. Well, I mean, okay, I mean, let's let's start. We've got three episodes to do. do. Let's get started with the first one. And the first one, I actually I think they really started it. Like that, that scene on the ledge. Oh my God. Wasn't that delightful? Wasn't that. Yeah. And it, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, it's funny. The whole first season, I'm like, who does this guy look like? And then you get them to the scene on the ledge and he's unshaven and he's looking haggard. I'm like, oh, he looks like Jared Leto. Aha. Yeah. yeah the guy actor playing Malcolm looks like Jared Leto. Or, you know, what Jared Leto looked like in the 90s, because people's face changes the age. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so he's like a young Jared Leto. And so, yeah, that's it. It finally knows beer. But oh, my God, what a great scene. Oh, I tell you, it opened with a bang. One hell of a scene. I mean, uh, I mean, me, I, I don't want to think of myself as too much of a killjoy. But I mean, the, the idea that this world is uh, this show is set in a world. Where there is the kind of person who, and this is what literally happens in this episode, uh, sneaks, uh, uses ledges to sneak into rich people's apartments and cuts their throat at night. Like, <laughs> that seems desperately implausible, but I think we're who just supposed cares? to accept that. Yeah, it's just it's just a bit of fun. Relax is what yeah, I you think just, they would tell me. Yeah. Yes, that's what I would say. This oh, no, is absolutely. not. It I is know. not totally rare. Come on. I know. Your comic know. relief is a serial killer, the surgeon. I know. In this show. You cannot. Demand and I mean, there that were. kind of realism. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yes. <laughs> it just opens. Like, it's a very it. silly premise, but it's a very fun scene because. Oh, yeah. We need to. We need someone like. And their thought is this is going to be someone's first episode of the show. Right. And so we need to recap what the show is and what's going on and what the state of play is with the various characters at the start of season two. Yeah. And that was fantastic. Yep. It really was. It was fantastic. It was a great way to do it. He caught a killer. He talked about his uh, massive conflict and we brought up what is likely going to be the big question this year that I think we're going to come back to over and over and over again on the morality of it, which is why can't he solve problems by just killing people? You know, obviously he can't, we all agree he can't, but yeah. 
he certainly did solve the Nicholas Endicott problem by his sister just killing him. So why can't that continue being a solution to problems? And that is literally what he says when he's dangling the guy off the ledge is like, I could just drop you, you know? But I can't. Yeah. You tried to kill me. Nobody's going to say boo if I just drop you, (laughs) but I can't. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get into this year. I believe what we're going to get into this year is why can't he? You know? Yeah. And we have one small problem solved in these three episodes from the last. But we'll get that in the third episode. So we'll 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 talk talk about about that that when we get there. But this was great. No, I know. And what I really thought after I watched the first one Mm -hmm. was, you know, this is sort of talking as an overarch to start the thing, right? Um, Is that they didn't go to the well and show us cleaning up the murder and show us, you know, how everything, because it it is a surprise. I have to admit it was a surprise when Ainsley shows up. Yes. And we're going to talk about that. I I, I just went, say what? But okay. But, but they're, they dealing with it. In the, so I can't com- I can't complain. Oh, of course not. No. But um, it was a bit of a surprise. Absolutely. Um, and and obviously Jessica has not been told what happened to Endicott. Nope. She is completely in the dark about all of that. Yeah. So um, you know, but it was um, it was really really interesting. Oh, like, it's, it's, I, uh, I think it's a very good episode. I, and I thought it, it started off so well yeah. and I loved Phil Spector. <laughs> you know, now the funny thing is, is he just died. Yes. And uh, they weren't doing this as an homage to Phil, for Phil Spector, yeah. but it was so funny. Like well, I'm walking and I mean, what like, I, they've got the guy who's very much Phil Spector if he was also Keith Richards. Yeah. Like that's what the character is when we meet the, the millionaire music producer whose yeah. house all of the murders happened in. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, no, I mean, it was just... We should just probably actually say what happens in the episode before we get into this. Well, no, I but I, I'm just talking about, like, the highlights. This was the... Yeah. the that was such a highlight for Oh, me. no, it was a very fun episode. And that was a, that was one of the big highlights of the episode. Is yeah, the Phil you know. Spector and then character. it was... And then... And, and he died. He was 82 and he died this week. And it couldn't have happened to a worse person. Uh, no, <laughs> Phil Spector was a terrible man. Uh, and yes, we're, yes, we're very we're not happy even that going he's to, dead. But... And, it yeah. was this uh, past week. You could you could go watch the movie with Helen Helen Mirren. Which one's that? Um, oh, that's about the trial where the first trial where she gets a hung jury. Oh, okay. Because she she basically does persuade enough of the jury that it was probably an accident. Like Ooh. like the gun had a um a, a, a hair trigger. Yeah. So he did and not intend to murder. He didn't intend. And she she had the gun herself. Right. She was, you know, and it had a hair trigger and it went off and it killed her, which was what he kept saying. But Yeah, I, I doubt that's true. <laughs> well, I'm not going into this because okay. the second jury, the yeah. second jury, of course, sent him to jail for life. Yes. So um, because that was the hung jury, the prosecution decided to retry and the next jury found him guilty. 
Yes, exactly. You know, and the line, of course, is that Helen Mirren was wasn't available. The lawyer wasn't available. The same lawyer, the second yes, that trial, ha- the same that trial. Mirren, yeah, that Helen uh, Mirren prayed. So anyway, but it was it was it was like it's those little things. Yeah, where they pick up stuff and they've been doing it and they did it in the first season we've yeah. always commented on it but oh, that no, it's one, definitely worth like mentioning the opening here. scene was slamming yeah and then and then bringing this the guillotine and then oh. he has to finally talk to his wife and that was so now i will say one thing um i i will say about the episode i don't know that it's enough of a justification for him to have to resort to seeing his father to find out who bought a guillotine you could just call the auction house because I want to point out the... Well, that's what I thought he would do. Yeah, and more importantly, like, the murderer found out who owned a guillotine in town. So it, it's obviously not that hard to do. Yeah, no, but and what but what I would say is that my, Mar- Malcolm needed an excuse to excuse, talk to and his No, father. that's what I was going to get to is, in fact, the real story is he wanted to talk to, go back and see his father because... Yeah. He's had some issues vis-a-vis the whole getting rid of, cutting up, yeah, cutting cutting up up. Nicholas's body and disposing of it and covering for Ainsley. And 100%, I mean, obviously this isn't revealed, but my prediction, in the same way that I said 100%, they're getting rid of that body. Yeah. I feel like 100%, he drugged her. He killed Ainsley. Endicott. No, not Endicott. Oh, Malcolm. Malcolm. I think Malcolm chloroformed Ainsley and told her as he was putting her under and as she was waking up, like, that nothing happened. You know, that he killed, that either, because as he said, the first thing he says after the stabbing when we see the flashback is, I did this. You know, I did this, I did this, I did this. And I think what happened next was he drugged her and try to convince her to forget it and that nothing happened. And then if she remembers, she'll hopefully remember that he did it to protect her. I, well, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what happened. Oh, no, I think, I think okay, that, that some of that's going. But, of course, this is where Malcolm is making the biggest mistake of his freaking life. Of course. Because, you know, Danny, mm-hmm. right? Danny is like the father. Yeah. So, Ainsley. I mean. Ainsley. Ainsley is like the father. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking at this thing and it says Danny. Ainsley is like the father, right? Yeah. And um, and so all of those questions we had at the end of last season, will I think there'll be a focus on answering some of those? Oh, absolutely. Because I, so. I suspect da- Danny is too old to be completely roofied away from because she did it before she was roofied. I mean, because exactly. what you're saying is he roofied her. Yeah. So. Oh, no, no. Yeah. In the same way that he drugged him with the chloroform yeah. right after he found the girl in the box and it didn't completely get rid of it, that memory. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, and I think he's going to be dealing with this the rest of the season. No, yeah. I mean, there's no question in my mind. He's going to be dealing with this the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and, and so is Ain- like Ainsley will at some point, but you can just see him. She's perfectly yeah. happy right yeah. now. Yeah. And she's- she is perfectly happy in a way that like, you almost like bizarre. Yeah, that's almost bizarre. Like, oh, and that's why I think he drugged her because she's yeah. not like, um, she's not happy in a I'm pretending and I I know my brother. You know, I know I killed a guy, but it had to be done, and my brother cut up the body to protect me. Like, that's not how she's acting. 
No, he's no. acting like someone without a care in the world. Yeah, who has no memory of any of this. Yeah, and so that's why I'm assuming that he drugged her and she has no memory of it. That is that yeah. is my assumption, and it would not surprise me if we learn that a little later in the year because we don't see any real clues about that. In fact, the only the other the only other thing that could point us in that direction is the fact that we see her we see no evidence of her helping out with yes. the body disposal. Yeah. Right. We see him doing the body disposal and her having no part in the body disposal. Yeah. Right. So that is, I think something, but yeah, anyway, like I wouldn't we'll even see going forward. Yeah. I wouldn't even um, think of, I like, like I would think that it's going to take, take quite a while during the season. Oh yeah. To get to any of that. But yes, I mean, that makes perfectly sense that makes perfect sense that he completely because he couldn't hypnotize her no nope. no he would have to roofie her yeah use the chloroform no, no, but it has to be the put her out because it has to be like an exact mirroring of what the father did to him just for dramatic yeah. reasons he has yeah. to do the exact same thing to her that the father did to him yeah except with her he's protecting her with the father he was covering up something that uh that he had done Right, the surgeon was covering up the something the surgeon had done, but with her, it, he's covering up something that she had done, and yeah. that's what's going to make it more complicated. And this, yeah, and what's making it more complicated is he's looking at her, and he knows mm -hmm. that she doesn't know why she did it. Yep. Like, like I, I mean, that was clear at the end of that first episode, and I see no reason to even um, doubt. That oh, she yeah. had no idea what she was doing. She just got enraged, killed him. Yep. And then, and stabbed Why him and I stabbed do? him and then bunk. Yeah. Yeah. She had a what did I do moment where what she's the like, oh, did I do? Yeah. What the hell did I just yeah. do? And that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and we get, and we're going to get the payoff. For, I don't know when we're going to get the payoff for that, but this is a shortened season. So I don't think we're going to have to wait too long. Well, it uh, may have to go to the next season. Oh, we hope uh, there's well, a next we're going to talk about our, at the end of this episode, we'll talk about our predictions for the rest of the season. I think the most valuable lesson we learned from this show is never have carpeting, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because if you stab someone, <laughs> slash someone's throat and stab them 50 times and then cut up their body on a carpet, that's never coming out. You're never getting that stain out. You'd have to remove the entire carpet. But if you have hardwood floors or concrete floors and a rug, you can just roll up the rug and throw it away. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And bleach the floor. Yeah. Problem solved. Yep. Yeah, and that, I, I'm sure that is exactly <laughs> what they did. And uh, we might even get a line about it sometime in the future with uh, her talking about a missing rug. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see for certain. Yeah. Okay, we're going to see um, flashbacks. Oh, no. And I, I like that they continue to do that because that keeps us engaged oh totally because <laughs> we get these odd little flashbacks we know what happened yeah so that's that right well, and again and... a per this episode is a perfect example of what this show does when it's at its strongest which is is keeping it one-to-one -one, the murder to what's going on in malcolm's life because yeah. they're dealing with a killer who feels completely morally justified in torturing and murdering these two people, right? Who had committed this horrible crime? Because the killers are a a guy, this woman who had her boyfriend murder her rich husband so they could steal the money, 
and yeah. they run away together, right? And which they did. And the killer, is, and but the problem is they also framed somebody for that crime. And that guy got put to death. And yeah. the executioner has found out that the guy he put to death was innocent. And that has freaked him out to the point that these people, not only did they kill the husband, right? They turned him into a murderer. Yes. And he cannot deal with that because his entire raison d'etre in being a hitman, I say a hitman, an executioner. Well, a, a, hit, a hitman for the government. For the government, exactly. That's what I was getting at, yes. Uh, right? There's not a lot of moral difference between a hitman and executioner. Both times, you you know, you're doing it for money and because you think it's, and in some cases, because you think it's the right thing to do. But the point is, he thought he was on the right side of things. And suddenly he's been turned into a murderer by these people. Yeah. And so he's going to get his vengeance, right? And because the law was unable to do it. And how different is that from the situation with Ainsley and Endicott? Like, realistically, is that so different? No. No. I don't know that it is. And that's what the show, and again, that's what the show does best finding a way to tie these two things together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was very happy that they were like right at the start of the season, they're following their best practices, not their worst instincts. <laughs> yeah. I was very happy with that. But I think overall, like the, like you said, the, the record producer, that whole scene, like it's so great when they're walking around the house. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's my sex dungeon. You know, <laughs> just my normal sex dungeon. And it's, it's, it's like not, not ashamed of it. Not like worried about it. Not, you know, concerned at all. Yeah, no, I'll just take you down to my sex dungeon. And then they hear a sound. They're like, okay, well, there shouldn't be a wall in my sex dungeon. <laughs> Why is there a wall there? That's a little weird. <laughs> so they go down and they check and, oh yeah, no, there's a dead body down there. Well, uh, so not a dead, dead body. Yet. Uh, almost dead body. Yes. Yeah. I keep forgetting that this isn't, uh, <laughs> this isn't criminal minds. And there's not a second body every time. No. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that scene. And then they break him out and uh, Malcolm gets a completely inadmissible. Uh, confession. A completely inadmissible confession out of the man. Although I think you can make the argument that Malcolm was doing that mostly for himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he just wants to confirm that he's right about what's going on more than anything yeah. else. And they have a really good candidate for who the killer might be. They have a great candidate because it turns out the the dead woman's lawyer is the sister of the guy she framed for her husband's murder, which means yep. she does not vet her lawyering like very well at all. Well, nobody said she was smart. No, no, no. She's crafty, but she's uh yeah, she's arrogant. She's crafty yes. and arrogant, and it never yeah. occurred to her that uh, something like that could have happened. But yeah, that people were coming for her. And just yeah. using the, uh, I gotta say, actually using the guillotine, it's, I mean, I know this is a true fact, but it's so weird to hear in the show that, oh yeah, France disassembled the last guillotine when they outlawed capital punishment in 1981. In 82. Or 82, or 80, yes, 81 yeah. or 82. And I'm like, wait, they were still cutting people's heads off in the 70s? Well, I don't know how long it's been. I didn't look it up as to okay. how long it's been since they there was an like because execution. there were there were a lot of countries that didn't execute people but while they still, still the had that, yeah. it was well, still on the books capital right. punishment and then they find until and often 
particularly if it was the federal government that wanted to, they would just hang on to these people and hang on to these people, hoping right. eventually they could get the law through. That okay, yeah, that actually makes you know, it's that uh, happened. It's sort of like getting rid of slavery. You know? Yeah, exactly. You it's kind like, of do it in stages sometimes. Right. So it's possible that there wasn't anyone getting their heads cut off in the 70s. in France, but I don't know. I yeah, I'm not yeah, going to swear this is France after all. <laughs> but no, probably I would ima- I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, you know that it had been used, but recently you'd think well, I would have remembered. Sure. I mean, yeah. after all, I lived in France in the seventies, and yeah, somehow or another, you know, it might have come up in my brain somewhere if somebody go. had been executed by guillotine. <laughs> you feel like you would have heard about that in the news? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, okay. See, Having, that's good to know. Yeah. Oh my god! But it's uh, I honestly stellar episode i do question i mean i do question how that guy found out where malcolm lives that was weird apartment it's like basically like this is a this isn't a building that looks abandoned that is owned by his like a shell company of his mother unless he was following malcolm because it does say he's 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 learned a lot about him and he's been he he'd been tracking malcolm after malcolm showed up so maybe he malcolm went home this isn't the first time malcolm went home because you know i mean this they they don't do this in 24 hours thing no that's true it's not like criminal minds where everything gets solved in In 30 hours eight hours you know (laughs) i mean they can even fly someplace in five minutes that should take them six hours you know it's true it's true (laughs) so yeah god yeah no you're absolutely right so it, it is possible we're he not given a real sense of how many days over which the plot takes. Yeah. So you're right that it's entirely possible it just took place over a few days. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was a little confused. Yeah. So he might have followed Malcolm. A and then again. I, Malcolm, yeah, and, get yourself yeah. a better security system. Yes. Seriously. Oh, my Lord. You and then there's need a better security system. Oh, and then, well, let, let's just go back to Daddy. Oh. I know. I mean, with with he's got he's a of roommate. all things he's got a roommate, oh. and how he gets rid of his roommate is. I mean, I was made so unbelievably happy by that scene. Well, I sat there and I thought, is, is he, he trying doing? to kill him? Because he's not. Know. But no, what he did was he electric shocked him so that he was sane then. Yes. So he goes back to. Because he's like, he essentially had diagnosed that the kind of, you know, amnesia the kind of, he had. Yeah. Or uh, uh, amnesia, inability to communicate, all of that was the kind of thing that they used to treat people with electroconvulsive uh, therapy for. So, like, and he's like, you know what? Might as well give it a shot. This guy is annoying me so much. There's no reason he not to threw give it something a at Malcolm. Exactly. Like, this guy's frustrating. He threw something at Malcolm. And it's like, I'm not. I can't deal with this anymore. So it's like, why not take a shot? <laughs> oh, that was a beautiful scene. And which again, is why, which yeah. is why he then gets his carpet back and his desk yeah. and everything. Cause the state can now try this guy for murder. Yep. <laughs> He's no longer insane. He's no, he can, he can now partake in his own defense. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, the state's happy. So, okay. You don't yeah. have to have any more roommates. <laughs> yeah that was beautiful no i was unbel like i was unbelievably happy with how that one wrapped up <laughs> yeah because i mean he's got a roommate i'm like how are they gonna get rid of this character oh okay 
He's going mm-hmm. to, like, is he, and I, just like you, I was like, is he going to kill him? And again, it just, it makes you focus in on the fact that, yes, Dr. Whitley is the comic relief on this show. How insane yeah. is that? Yeah. I mean, it's just, just, so as I said, whenever you have these little things sometimes that you, in, in, if it was trying to be a hundred percent realistic, you, oh, yeah. you would go say what? But here, it's no. It's such a heightened reality on this show. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and the, my lord, the, oh. uh, oh you know, <laughs> it's just. And, then we and the, the fact show... is, is that he gets back to Claremont because yeah. he solved the problem of COVID in Rikers. Yes. Right? You know, <laughs> well, you know, I, I managed to, you know, we managed to solve the problem of covid in in the jail so as yeah. as a as a little thank you they sent me back to my insane asylum yeah <laughs> oh yeah like he he figured out the best way to you know keep everyone quarantined and get and his, to do contact yeah, tracing and, to do and contact tracing between everybody yeah and, and then he says well but he says it was a jail how difficult could it have been <laughs> i know that's quite a shot at america you know, and I'm cracking up. Yeah, it's the it's the TV writers being like, "Yeah, this really shouldn't have been that difficult." We're having a crazy man have figured it out on the show. <laughs> Should not have been this hard to figure out, guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> no, it was magnificent. Like everything about these, uh, I was so happy with everything about this episode. And it's even such a great place to start off. Oh yes. <laughs> And then we got the big thing, though. And this is the the big thing that happened this week, though, which is they're going to try and talk about cops in New York. Yeah. And I don't know how well the show's going to do it. Like, because we can't comment on exactly how they're going to do it yet, because it's just starting the storyline about cops mm-hmm. in New York and how terrible cops in New York are to every minority. And it's like, you sit there and you think, until that scene, I I mean, maybe you did. Because, but I'll happily admit that I didn't even notice that Malcolm's the only white person on the team. That yeah. didn't occur to me for a second when I was yeah. watching the show until this happened. I'm like, oh my god, Malcolm's the only white person on this team of cops. Yeah. Okay, and now I suddenly realized, oh wow, this show is really positioned to say something about the police, and the question is, how are they going to do that, and is it going to play? And well, I like it's it's going to be interesting to watch because we did get we, of course, get this moving forward mm-hmm. in the next two episodes. Yeah, And we'll talk oh, about just, it. Yeah, we'll talk about it going forward. Yeah. But it no, I mean, it's just there, you know, I mean, for heaven's sakes, he's mm-hmm. a cop. And yeah, and, so and JT, this is oh, sorry. Uh, yes. JT, he gets uh, he get they call for backup to deal with the yeah. executioner. The cops show up, and even though they've been told the basic look of the guy, he sees the cop sees a big black guy standing outside the, you know, coming out of the building, and he's like, oh, well, this must be the guy I'm here for, and he roughs him up. And yeah. JT has to fight back, and now he's in real trouble. And you get that horrible moment, because we know that these are New York cops, where JT has just shoved a cop to the ground. And there's four other cops with guns. And you're like, in real life, he probably would have gotten shot right then. Except Malcolm and Danny came running down. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, if they, if Malcolm and Danny hadn't been there, had been there one second later, JT's getting shot. Yeah. yeah. Because these cops cannot believe 
that this big black guy is their superior officer. Yep. And that's a bad look. Well, it's it and so they're but they're willing to do it. Yeah, they're willing to do so, it. So and then because we get all of those we'll get in the next episode we start to get all those discussions in the discussion from Danny mm-hmm. trying to explain to even because even you know Gill yep. really is a he's not he's not Irish. Nope. Is what you're you know. Yeah. He's not English. But he's Italian. Yep. You know, so he's still closer to being yeah. acceptable, like white in, yeah. in New York. In yeah, you're own. Italian. He's now, Hispanic, the- he's Italian, and they're kind of a, like, he's, he's half Ita- Italian, half Hispanic, and they're, yeah. they're fine with that. And like, they're and, basically fine with that. And he's a lifer in the NYPD. Yeah. And Danny is a, yeah. And, and it's only because, and of course, he, he did well because he, he caught him out. He caught. Yeah, he caught the surgeon. He caught the surgeon. Yeah, yeah, of all things. Yeah. No, it's and I mean I'm interested to see how they treat it going forward, but yeah. I'm glad they're staking out their ground and saying yes, this is something we take what happened last year with the cops seriously. Yeah. We understand the problems of the NYPD, and we will, we will, we will treat this with the seriousness with which it deserves, and. Yeah. Just the fact that they're willing to do it. We'll see how well they do over the next year. Mm-hmm. But just well, the fact that they're tough. willing to do it. Oh no, I, I agree it's tough. Like, and I'm so not far, Blue Bloods ain't doing a great job of it. No, they're not. No, they're I've only not. watched one or two episodes this year. I there haven't been very many, but Yeah, but um No, Blue Blue Bloods was never a show that was positioned to criticize no. law enforcement. No, and so it's it's stuck with this kind of thing. So it's always going to be. Well, it's and the thing always... is, the people who talk about poli- police ab- abolition and such, right? Mm-hmm. They even they say, yeah. When even any those people are always like, yeah. If there's a crazy murderer running around, there's going to be detectives to deal with that. What we want to get rid of is the massive over policing and the ridiculous amount of. Let's face it, uh, Mike. Racist the militarization yeah, of the, militarization. the police force. Well, and the, and the, the fact white, that it's used the racism. Well, I was about to say, thank you, yes, that it is used as a force of racial oppression. But you know what America. it is? But you see, it's it's worse than that because it's not just racial oppression. That's the problem. It's not just racial oppression. Yeah. It is it is status oppression that's true yes it is is social struct it's a class it's a real class question because Mm -hmm. you have a lot of black and hispanic cops yeah who are still fighting for the system absolutely who are still going to suspect a black man or a hispanic man first oh yeah always you know yeah no i mean it's and as the show attempts to address this issue we're gonna yeah i mean we are going to keep coming back to this because, um, oh yeah, I guess we should say what happens at the end of the episode. Uh, he gets into an axe fight with, uh, Malcolm and then they're yes. rescued. And we have yes. some fun, uh, we have a, a fun scene where the executioner is talking with Malcolm about the, uh, about the history of hex, like the history of, we- yeah. uh, these kind of weapons. extreme weapons. I really enjoyed that scene too. No, that scene, that, that scene was great. And of course, and he, He's trying to, uh, but of course, what he's trying to do is justify, yeah, um, 
uh, killing Malcolm. Yeah. And then <laughs> what makes it kind of weird that deep down inside Malcolm is in part feeling still feeling of course very guilty mm -hmm. and you can see it right yeah because he has covered up for danny yeah oh no it's not a ashley he's Ash covered up yes. for ashley ainsley no ashley her name is ainsley her name is ainsley it is it's always been ainsley It, it, I mean, it is. I don't know how to. I, you can just scroll one episode up and look yeah, at the no, no, line no, no, about no. starting people. I know. I know. It's one okay. of those days where you're just going to get everybody's names wrong, and we're just going to keep moving on. All right. Okay. So, Ainsley. It, yeah. Let's move it would, on. To it the, would have to be Ainsley, would it? It would be. I know. Of yeah. course. Okay. Uh, the um let's move on to the next episode <laughs> sorry this it's is an fine. inside joke guys and, and all you need we're not going to explain it uh let's move on to the second episode which is speak of the devil which all right here's why i'm so happy about this episode what this episode tells me is they had come up with what was going to be their halloween episode they had written the outline for it before covid shut them down and they had a choice to make do we just not do a Halloween episode or do we just do the Halloween episode in January and not worry about it? And yeah. that's what they did. They did the Halloween episode in January and they just didn't worry about it. And I'm glad. Yes. Cause it's just fine. It's and, and all you had to do. And the, the only people that had to change anything would have been at the most, uh, the set designers. Oh, exactly. I'm yeah. sure the prop guys and the set designers were, would have come up with, sort of something to indicate halloween oh no they, they would just have done some do fun it. halloween stuff in the background absolutely yeah. Yeah, you know you're, they and totally so would. yeah and so then they just didn't do that they didn't do that because yeah this episode and this oh, is we actually did forget to mention one thing um we found out in the gap uh in the gap of in the story that uh that oh my god i can't remember the mother's name jessica Jessica. Did not did not go and visit Gil after he'd been stabbed. Yes. Yeah, and she's very conflicted. And we see her preparing to go in the first episode of the season. Uh, we uh, Gil's not back at work yet. Um, he's still in the hospital. And what we see is him, you know, doing his exercise and talking with Danny, talking about the situ various situations. And we see Jessica getting ready to go visit him and not doing it. And in this episode, realize, oh, my God, that must have happened a bunch of times. Like, yeah. she, over the past nine months, has probably tried to go see him 50 times yeah. and back and chickened out at the last minute every time. Yeah. And she's she's written him letters, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been yeah, in they've touch. Kept, but They've been in touch. But, yeah. Yeah. She won't go because. Well, then and then she hears Danny. Yeah. You know, talking about how the family is cursed and how Gil shouldn't be involved with Jessica and yeah, all of that stuff. And of course, yeah, well, Jessica's had two really <laughs> bad relationships. Yes, she has. Oh my so god! So deep down inside, I mean, in in part, she's going to she's asking herself, "Okay, did I turn them into these people? What is it about me?" Right. Yeah. And th there's a whole, there's a whole thing. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how that involves too. Oh yeah. And we get some fun stuff in this episode. So a priest has been dangled upside down over a satanic symbol painted on the ground. 
and he has been elaborately bled out, right? And Malcolm is like, well, obviously this is the kind of things we associate with exorcism. And so was the priest an exorcist? And he was. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, okay, well, obviously the killer must think they're possessed, which is a reasonable, reasonable conclusion to come to. And this is why I liked this episode so much more than last year's Halloween episode. Again, they tie it directly into what Malcolm's going through. Yes. Because the they demon inside you metaphor, right? Yes. You know, it ties in one-to-one with exactly what Malcolm's going through emotionally this week, because these people are convinced that they are driven to do evil by a demon inside of them. And Malcolm is spending all this time wondering if he's cursed to do evil because of his, the, the, the way the his demon father, is his father. The demon yeah. is his father. Yeah. The demon yeah. is how his father raised him and how his father treated him. Right. And so has that, you know, corrupted him in the same way that these people believe they're being corrupted by demons, even if it's really just, uh, even if it's really just lead poisoning. Well, yes, for this one, one, and then, and then the scene with the little kid, or no, the old older man. Yes. Oh, that's nice. You know, and as his mother said, and we we agreed that this would be for the best, and she keeps her son locked in this room in the attic, essentially, and yeah, you know, where he just sits around playing the piano and not touching lines of salt that are arranged on the ground. Yeah. Oh, that was a very creepy scene when he and JT go to see the uh, guy who thinks he's possessed. Yeah, I loved, the last, I loved that scene. Yeah, the last exorcist. Yeah, the uh, the last you know? case the exorcist had. Yeah, no, that was a fantastic scene. Oh, I and really, then, oh, you know. That scene. Yeah, no, that was just, it was so well. Creepy. So and, creepy. Yeah. So well shot. So well acted. Yeah. Loved, you know, it's like the guy did the wonderful, you know, physical transformation and the voice he was doing transformation. Mm-hmm. Like everybody did a great job in that scene. And it was exactly as creepy and scary as they wanted to be. You know, like. Two thumbs up to how they handled that scene. Uh, is it just me? Uh, I, I didn't see the lead paint coming, but I'm like, literally the first time the art restorer comes in, I'm like, oh, well, he's the killer. Obviously, that guy's the killer. Yeah, obviously. I just yes, didn't and know I why. Didn't, no, I didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, but he just, yes. Yeah. You, I mean, it could be the crazy nun, but no. Probably not. She She just didn't somehow or another. Yeah. But it was the lead, it, it, you know, no, and I didn't even think, and I should have thought of it, but. Well, the funny part is they had talked about it or they, they did a really good job in the script of setting it up by talking about it earlier in the episode that, you know, uh, the, of the lead in all these paints is, is very, they talked about that the lead paints was dangerous. They talked about how lead poisoning is something that, uh, right. How lead poisoning is something that in the past has been mistaken for demonic possession. And so, like, they had all the pieces there for you to figure yeah. out not just that he did it, but why he did it very yeah. early in the episode, which I loved. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole yeah the whole thing is set up. The clues are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, lead, the lead poisoning, because then he's, well, yeah, because he's, because most of the time he's still saying, but I made, we all had to wear masks and gloves and everything else and yeah. this sort of thing. And then it turns out, of course, he's taken off his gloves and he's been working with it. Yeah. Okay. Not good. And he has gone quite mad. And oh, no, but it's like really good episode. You get, um, and 
uh, you get a fun new character at the prison. The uh, you get a fun oh oh the priest very crazy yes the uh, the former priest yes they or monk I, I guess he was yeah. a monk you're right he was a monk. yeah yeah he the was former a monk. monk who has gone quite insane yes uh, but he does provide Malcolm a decent amount of expertise and on the uh, the religious aspect which I thought was very nice because Malcolm obviously doesn't have a great background in religious theory. Well, it's the, it's, well, with this killer, I mean, he gives him all the words he has to say for the exorcism. So, and because the, the artist believes in that he's being exercised, he gets exercised sort of, right? Initially. And then, and then comes back at Malcolm. But, and then Malcolm, I mean, and, and as I said, and it's those lines though, when he hits him with the candle, right? Yeah. Well, yes, the exorcism is finished. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, those those scenes were uh, were actually quite good. And I really see here's again how they handled the scene with the bishop. Yep. You know, and Malcolm talking to the bishop, you know, and the bishop is saying, well, I know you're not a believer. He could t- he's like, tell just by yeah. looking at you. Right. Of course. But they, they're talking and Malcolm says, well, does it ever work? And, you know, and he said, well, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, once in a blue moon, it, it can work. Well, of course, it depends on what kind of a mental illness you're working with, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the bishop is, um, it, like, that was, you didn't get any of the, I, I, I didn't have a problem, right? Yeah. I didn't have a problem with the bishop, and I didn't nope. have a problem with the writing with Malcolm, and Malcolm going, yeah, I wish I could. Mm-hmm. I wish I could believe all this. But I can't. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, and that's all there is to it. But it's done in such a way that it's believable. And yeah. that, you you had no idea how much that pleases me. I think we've watched, no. we watched so much Criminal Minds. Yes. You know, and then you're just getting, okay, there's, it's not a big deal. It's, yeah, or anything, but it is a discussion. And yes, exorcisms are still being done, but mm-hmm. you know, yes, do do they really do help? Well, once in a blue moon is basically what the bishop said. Yeah, and I really liked that about the episode. That it helps. Yeah, because they acknowledge that yes, well, these are psychological problems, and like it or not, depending on how it's performed, a an exorcism can be a kind of therapy. Can be part can be part of a process, part. yeah. Right? It can be part of a process designed to get your mind in the right place to accept help. Yeah, because if you can convince someone that yes, okay, maybe there's a demon in you, but we have power over that demon, we've dismissed that demon. You can actually start working on what was causing the problem in the first place. Yeah. So yeah, like it, it's very interesting. I thought it was very well handled. Yeah, all of it, you know. Um, so, and then we get the art restorer, and yep. so we that's have the it. Whole scene with the art restorer, and then he gets the, an exorcism, then he gets punched, and then we're done. And then and the then, episode's yeah. wrapped up. But what we also have to deal with is the aftermath of JT's situation. Yeah. Which he calls for backup and does not get it. And does not get it, and then Gil lays Oof. into these off other officers 
Absolutely. Because what these other officers are trying to do, uh, this is basically a threat to JT. Oh, 100%. Like drop his complaint. Yeah. Drop his complaint against the the cops who assaulted him or Mm -hmm. maybe you don't survive because you need a lot of support from other cops to be safe as a cop in any city uh, situation like this. So like they are threatening to kill him essentially, or, uh, you know, sit back and relax while he gets killed. Yeah. And, and I mean, and then the discussion with, with uh, what, I guess what, I guess what you like about this show is that it's not, it doesn't make it seem easy to solve. It's not going to get solved in this episode. It's who knows how it, how it's going to work, but JT is, is just like, is very realistic about this. And he knows that this has been a problem all his life. And then Danny, it's this episode where Danny has the discussion with Malcolm Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Right. And what it's like, and it's something that Mike, that Malcolm Malcolm, for all the other issues that he's had to deal with, doesn't know what this is like. Yeah. This is not something that he would ever have to worry about. Nope. Um, and, and you can't, and Gil, and Gil, of course, is right to say, okay, JT, JT is saying he's going to kind of work it out. Mm-hmm. And of course he stands in the locker room trying to figure it out, but he's got a baby coming. He doesn't want to lose his job. Yeah. I mean, he's got a job. He's got benefits. He's got a baby on the way. Like he can't just stop being a cop, but yeah. what can he do? And how can he do? Because the face of it is, okay, yeah, you know, you just, you know, you, you confront it and you bring a, you know, you bring this, the charge against them. And, but he pl- says, look, it's going to be those officers word, word. against mine. And I'm yep. one person. And Gil says, well, I've got your back. Yeah. Well, but... yeah, but JT's going, yeah, that's not going to be good enough. No, because it's not like Gil was there. You know? No, if Endicott had his back. <laughs> yes, that would be one thing. That would but be one then, thing, but, but Endicott is dead. Yeah. Not only dead, but spread out all over... Uh, Estonia. Estonia, apparently. <laughs> he was in a trunk in Estonia. Yeah, oh uh, man, I know. Well, yeah, you gotta use that trunk for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a nice callback, though, using the trunk for it. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was pretty sweet. But yeah, like, and they treat li- this, and I mean, and this is what I point out, like, because um, I don't know if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Yes. Okay, good. Just making sure. Because they tried to do this, right? Um, the And I mean, it's a comedy show, so it's hard to do this kind of thing in a comedy show. But they tried to do an episode where uh, Terry, Terry, you know, gets <laughs> roughed up by a cop because he's a tall black man walking around a neighborhood that, uh, you know, a black guy shouldn't be in after dark. And they're very open about that's what's going on. And the whole thing of the episode is, is he, like, if he complains about it, will it hurt his career? And the captain says, don't complain about it. Just work your ways up the ranks and you can make change. And conversely, they're like, well, yeah, Andre Brower, but you didn't complain. You worked up your way up the ranks and you weren't able to make change when you got up the ranks. So what is he, what is Terry waiting for is the real question. Well, the thing is, and Andre... And Andre Brower's problem was not racism. No. He was gay. Well, it was actually both. Well, yes, it would have <laughs> yes. been both. 
but he yeah. had two strikes against he him. had two strikes against him and so he encourages him but at the end terry uh right uh, terry does complain and he loses a you know some kind of a position in some cat police council thing doesn't yep. really matter what it was but and this is the key part the show forgets that that happened right after that episode and there are no further consequences for terry yeah and that's where the show you know kind of copped out and didn't realize that this would affect terry's entire career because like the next season he gets a promotion to being a lieutenant with no trouble at all yeah and that shouldn't have happened because, no, that again, should have been hung around him like an albatross for the rest of his career. Exactly. And the show should have. And honestly, maybe now that they're going to try and deal with this situation, you know, maybe now that they're going to try and start saying things about police brutality this year, maybe that will happen. Like it could be there will be some outgrowth of that and it will follow in subsequent episodes. But I haven't seen any like we don't know yet. You mean in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? On Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And that's what I'm I'm using that as a comparison point. Because here, we're already getting the consequences. Yes, we've got two. Like, they're technically, and if JT just keeps his mouth shut, there may not be too many consequences consequences because Gil does have his back as limited as it can be. He has some pull, but not all the pull. And the question, but the thing is, even if he keeps his mouth shut and lets the complaint drop, I think there are going to be like emotional. Well, he hasn't for JT. even he yeah, yeah he hasn't even made a complaint officially. No, but I mean no. we see Gil screaming about somebody on the phone about it. So well we know about that the but that was about not giving him the, the backup. The backup. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there are yeah. obviously there's going to be drama. There's going to be consequences. Yeah. And what interests me is seeing where it go. Like less i'm less interested in the inter-police you know the inside the police department stuff as i am in the well what is the what is the result for him like for what Jay- is the but yeah. that's what this show so far is excelling at yes is excelling at and what yeah. we're getting i mean we got more stuff on on danny last season and then we were wondering about jt and now we're going to get jt Yep, and it's going oh, to it's gonna be inter- like I really do. Yeah, think it's I, I I trust that they will be handling this. Yeah, well, um, I think the show has earned the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, that they will be able front. to find some way to handle it. In other words, the guys, the showrunners of this of this particular show, they wrote the first episode, um, okay. but the showrunners uh, know sort of what they're doing and where they're going, and they had to make some changes. I yeah. would assume, I don't know if this was the story they were going to give JT last last year. Yeah, I don't but... think, you're right. I don't think they were thinking about this story last year, but I'm glad. Yeah. I am 100% glad that they're finding a way to make this work for our moment, like the moment yeah. we're all living through, and make it relevant for the show they're making. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Absolutely. If we're just yeah. as happy at the end of this show. Well, yeah, that's the real issue, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the real issue. Like, are we still going to be happy? I hope so. I really do. All right. So uh, let's move on to the third episode, Alma Mater. Yeah. So Malcolm uh, went to a famous boarding school when he was in his teens. And he uh, uh, and now the headmaster, who he had a problem with 15 years ago, has been murdered. 
it turns out there's an annual prank day towards the end of the semester, and uh, this year the prank was to throw the headmaster's desk into the pool. And unfortunately, the headmaster ended up in there with his desk. It's a nice visual. Uh, and of course he is there, sent there to investigate because he has a connection to the place. He knows the people and, you know, uh, 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 it's not and just his mother, that. well, and his mother, of course, is on the board of the school. Well, not just that his great, great grandfather founded one of the, the school. Oh, exactly. Like he has an important family link to the school. So obviously he was going to get called in and we get like. His mother full on doing the thing the corrupt rich people did saying, I know you can keep this out of the papers, right, son? Yeah. <laughs> doing the exact kind of stuff. And Nicholas none of these doing. and none of these people are murderers. None of these yeah. people would do this. Of course not. Isn't that uh, isn't that fantastic, by oh, the way? Oh yeah, you know, she reverts to type. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. She know, just it, assumes yeah. these are all from <laughs> the best families. None of these kids could be a killer because they're from the best families. You know, and I think the best thing, I mean, the, the only good thing she is doing in terms of Gil is going, you know, because she ended the relationship last, the yeah. last the previous episode previous yeah. out of fear he'll risk his life unnecessarily to protect her. Well, not just that. She yeah. knows. I mean, there's, because she she couldn't do it that is a marriage that would never ever work yeah because this is jessica and we yeah. see why it wouldn't work in the next in episode three. Oh, totally i mean this is who she is this is who she was raised to be yeah she's and she was just going to be this kind of upper class person yeah and it's i mean unfortunate un unfortunately for her her surgeon husband got caught. Yeah. And she had to choose between her husband and her son. So yeah. she chose her son. Well, okay. I that, that Good choice there, Jessica. Oh, absolutely. But... She made the right choice. But the fact is, like, there are plenty of other women who cover up for their men when they do yeah. awful and, things in her culture. And if she had not, if, she, if he had never been caught, yeah. She would have happily gone on living her life the way oh. she had been. Yeah, she would have had no idea. And she would have been, like, assuming and her husband was cheating on her and just living the life of a society woman without yeah. any trouble at all. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's what you see in this episode. Like, I really like how they keep these people true to the characters. They They must have, he must have, the two guys that put this show together must have put together a really good, Bible. They know yeah, they know exactly who these people are. Yeah, I think they know who these people are, and they are slowly giving us. And every time, like every time, Jessica looks as if she's getting a little out, right? Yeah. But I mean, something she, and, happens to bring her back into this world. It, this is the world, and and she makes tentative steps, but she can't really do it. Nope. She's still a drunk. Yeah. And I'm sure that is going to be uh, that they're going to go into that further soon enough. Like, anyway, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But, but yes, oh, this school, this I know. school. What a oh what a fun God. episode this is. Yeah, well, and he's maybe fun is the wrong word, but he. No. Okay, so um, the entire episode, we don't know. We we learn right away that uh, that Malcolm got kicked out of the school, but we don't yeah. find out why, why for the entire episode. 
They yeah. really make us wait for that reveal. And it's a good reveal. Yeah. And it's um Yeah. It it, it is interesting, mm-hmm. right? Um that we this is what caused his tremor. Yes, we finally get an origin for the tremor, which is very nice. Yes, which had nothing to do with his father. Nope. We find out that he was locked in a closet for an entire long weekend. And almost died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, almost died. And I gotta say, the one oversight in these three episodes mm-hmm. uh, is if they had thought about it, they should have hinted like they should have had him make a wry comment to the guy they rescue from behind the wall about how, you know, uh, about how, Hey, you know, it's not that bad. You know, I got over it. So can you, that kind of, cause the guy's freaking out because the guy has just been behind there for a couple of days and is freaking out. And they should have had him comment that he like a comment to hint at the fact that he also had spent X amount of time locked up behind a, a wall like that. Well, yeah, but the guy who is freaking out was also uh, tied and tortured oh, yeah. and the Absol- whole thing. So, oh, absolutely. But I'm um, just saying it would have been a smart move to just have some reference to that. Well, you 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 could have, but I suspect Malcolm has put that so far in yeah, his okay, that is possible. past. Like, I mean, and that's what you see here yeah, is he that does he like doesn't even want to go back to this place he doesn't he has Mm -hmm. no use for it that man was an abusive that principal was an abusive Abusive bastard yeah monster you know i mean so and you have the teacher that he thinks did it but it turns out that the teacher has been running a uh sell 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 answers to the test so you guys can get into good schools yep you know, which I mean, hey, it's their little comment on the. I'm sure they started writing this episode, the outline for this episode yes! when the uh, the Ivy League school scandal hit last year. I'm sure that was the impetus for it. And Lori Lachlan spent yeah. three months in I think, jail. Yeah, in there you jail, go. and then got there sprung early because of COVID. Because a lot of people got sprung early because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, and what's interesting is that's um, hey, and that's Campbell Scott as the evil teacher. Yeah. Who revealed to everyone that he was the, uh, and that's, it's, it's a bit of a reach because they have it be that he revealed to everyone that Malcolm was the surgeon's son. Yeah. Right. And the implication is that it's like he was concerned that Malcolm was going to blow the whistle on his grade selling or like test answer selling situation. And I'm like, oh, okay. That, I feel like they didn't set that up cleanly no, enough. That, it, that, what his that, motivation was, right? No, the best. Yeah, you. No, that was not. That that part of it was not trying to explain why he like it was. It was facile, almost. Exactly. That the teacher had revealed, you know, that and that the, the teacher son. did the, you know, but you yeah, know. there's no like. I mean, I love the rest of the episode. I think it's a, yeah. a good episode. Other than that. But there's this great big question mark over, well, why did the, why did Campbell Scott tell, you know, everybody that he was the surgeon's son? And I, I have literally no idea. Well, the thing is, and that's, it's, I don't know if it's the writing or if it's the actor who couldn't somehow or another pull it off. Um, that, that somehow or another, that 
way back when, even then when Malcolm was there, that you could have given it an easy, like he should have just told, told everybody who Malcolm was just to, uh, just cause he was pissed off. Cause another yeah. rich kid was going to get away with stuff. Yeah, that would, that, that would make more sense than like implying that it had something to do to with do his, with... his, the crimes he was committing and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, cause I suspect Malcolm wouldn't have told on him. No, I, I can't imagine he would have. Like, I did, like, if Malcolm the guy was nice need. to him, Malcolm yeah. doesn't need help and Malcolm doesn't need money. So why would he care what this guy was doing? It's not like Malcolm at that age was a tireless crusader for justice. No. That's not at all who he was at that age. I mean, we don't know a lot. He about was who still he was seeing his father. He was still know? seeing his father at that point. And his father and was pissed like, off. He was going to the school. So, yes. I mean, his father, like, at the worst. Right, his father would have just uh, if he if he had found out about the the selling grades thing, and he had told his father about it. His father's like, "Great, if you need to blackmail that guy later, you can." Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what the surgeon would have said. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that's a bit of a stretch, and um, at the same time, we have oh right, there's a uh, the they find their three suspects in a very reasonable way, mm-hmm. like the principal has been killed. And so they're like, okay, well, who had the motive to do this? And let's go with the three pe- like the last three people who he had disciplinary actions with. Yeah. And so they get his book of who he had disciplinary actions with, and they gather the three students together. Uh, Malcolm does a fun thing of diving into a pool <laughs> to get the book rather than just pulling the desk out. Because, <laughs> um, let's face Mac- it. Him- oh, go on. He's theatrical yes he has a theatricality to him and he is incredibly impulsive and he doesn't have fantastic self-control so if he sees an opportunity to just throw a thing to do a thing he'll do it like he's just like yeah oh i want that now well i'll just go get that now again he's very impulsive in a way that like makes you worry that he does have some psychopathic traits or 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 uh he part of him wants to die yeah there's no he can't I think that live with it as well. yeah that is you know that is entirely possible as well because so we the very the th- fact is is that he can't if there isn't a murder to to work on and to solve he doesn't know what to do with himself that's true like yeah and i mean we they also deal with his insomnia right they've been yeah. dealing with his insomnia and how like literally if he's not working he can't sleep Okay, yeah, and there was that there was that funny scene where he fell asleep. Remember in the previous yes, episode, the we didn't talk. He falls asleep and has this think dream, right? At the um, where dad, at the you precinct. know, yeah, yeah, at the precinct, and there's everybody wearing their their Vest. their vests, right? Why are you wearing out. your vest? You fell asleep. <laughs> I know that's such a funny scene. <laughs> we didn't oh. talk about. It. I mean, they managed to do all of those and make them like they're sort of funny. But yeah. make them fit. Like the, oh, there's completely. no, there's no force because we all know from no, the previous season. Yeah. yeah, how violent he gets from his dreams, and we've yeah. seen him. He has night terrors, and he does get violent, and they're quite reasonable in their being nervous about, around him when he falls asleep. When Even he if falls they asleep. did lock him in a in a room, it yes. wouldn't be good enough necessarily. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta. It's good to lock him in a room because at least then he probably can't hurt himself. Yeah, he'll wake up enough because but it's, we know we know yeah. there is a portion of him that is suicidal because one of his night terrors tried to 
throw himself out a window. Wait, yeah. Like, we know that there is a portion of him that is, on some level, you know, tending towards self-harm. Yeah. Like, we don't, like, obviously he's in therapy for that. Uh, although he Except hasn't he going. hasn't been seeing his therapist. I know. God damn it. You gotta well, go back to Well no, you gotta get a better therapist, but you gotta first be of in all, therapy. Yes. You need a decent therapist, but he doesn't want to talk about no. Ainsley. No, he doesn't. And he he's can't afraid. talk to the therapist. Yeah. He'll have to tell her about or him. Oh yeah. He'll tell that. he'll have to Yes, exactly, because that's what's causing all of this anxiousness is what happened with Ainsley, so what what can he do? He has to keep it all buttoned up, and of course that's just making him worse. And it's weird because he, he almost has this transactional feeling about the crimes he's solving where it's like, um, I can undo all of the bad stuff, right? It's like he's haunted by all these bad memories and what his father did and now what his sister did. And he's like, if I can just solve enough murders, that'll make all this other stuff okay. It'll balance. Somehow yeah. or another, there'll be a balance, right? Yes, yeah, it'll be a balance of the scales. It'll all be okay. And I won't be a bad person. And not only will I not be a bad person... I'll make up for stuff that my sister did or my father did. And the sad part is, that's the exact rationale his father used. Yeah. Well, I've I've cured thousands of people. Does it matter that I cut up 20 people? Like that I murdered 20 people if I've cured thousands? And it's like... 24. 24 or 23, people, actually, or 23, actually, that they people. found. Right, yes. And then the it turns out the girl in the box survived. wasn't... Yeah, turns out he did, in fact, let her go. And I was about to say, um, you know, weird that we don't find out what happened to her, but that's actually something I'm going to talk about when we get to the end of the uh, episode. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting. I yeah, really it, liked it, that a yeah. lot. You know how they're doing this and how we're, how all of his life, you know, this is, this has mm -hmm. been haunting him. Yeah. And haunting and, him and haunting him. And then we meet the killer this week, who is, uh, is one of the three students. He, he assumes it's the teacher who was covering up for his scam, but it wasn't. It was one of the three students. And it's, again, um, it the blame goes down to class, right? Yeah. Because she is the kind of person who has been taught for her whole life that the world is hers, you know, and she can do whatever she wants. But at the same time, she feels like in actuality, she's trapped because maybe the world is hers, but only in so far as she does exactly what her family her unbelievably rich family expects her Ex to do. Yeah, she's a legacy as well as Malcolm is a legacy. Yeah. And they can understand one another from mm -hmm. that perspective. And she just says, well, I mean, she was supposed to go to Oxford. And, yeah. But ma as Malcolm says, it doesn't matter. You'll never get away from it. Yeah. Oh. It doesn't matter how far you go. You can't yeah. get away from it because I tried. Mm -hmm. No, it's, again... They've done a great job of making the killers and everything 100% relate to the situation. And then we get Malcolm pulling his most self-destructive trick yet. <laughs> Who doggy? Uh, so he and Campbell Scott, who has been poisoned. Uh, we don't really get much. About, I'm sure he's fine from the poison. Yeah, we don't uh, we care don't, We either. don't get a follow-up. We don't get a follow-up on that, but I'm sure he's fine. Who cares? Who cares, right? Um, right uh, so... We get this wonderful scene where they're both trapped in his rare book vault. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, there is a uh, a fire, fire alarm. alarm in the season, <laughs> in the ceiling. 
And if I were to set this fire alarm off, she's like, oh, well, the halon gas will flood in and displace all the oxygen in the room. And he's like, yeah, but also people will come to check on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I hopefully they'll feeling... get here before we die. <laughs> I know. That's such his most risky self-destructive thing yet. And he pulls it off. It works fine. Yep. Oh, such a good scene, though. Yep. Such a good scene. Although it's one of a hundred good scenes in this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This show really does those moments incredibly well. Yeah. And so, they, and, and the thing is, is they always make sense. Yes. From the characters. Like, from the characters point of view. Like absolutely. this is Malcolm. It's, as I say, it's like diving in, in, into the water. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the, and that wasn't so self-destructive because no. he could, he could swim in, he could he hold his swim. breath. So. But that he doesn't wasn't. even take his keys or. The point is, he doesn't bother taking his phone or his keys out of his pockets. Yeah. He just does it. Yeah. And that's what makes himself, you know, like, that is the element of it, which is slightly self-destructive and well, what happens? dangerous. Yeah, but what happens is, is that he is, like so many, right? You know, as you say, the psychopathic tendencies of not, not bothering to think through the consequences, consequences. of his actions. No. He has an impulse and he does it. Yeah. And it is an impulse control that you see in all of these killers and all these psychopaths. And then we get the big reveal why he was kicked out. Because yeah. the guy, it turns out the guy he uh, who locked him in the closet for a weekend was asthmatic. So yeah. he went and he stole the guy's puffer and he took all of the medicine out of it. Then he put it back, right? He uh, and then he confronts him in a hallway and punches him in the chest, causing him to have an asthma attack, thinking to himself, OK, well, this guy will just, uh, you know, like this guy will choke to death and nobody will know it was me because he died of asthma. And he, for a moment, considers actually doing it. And that's yeah. the key part. Yeah, he considers doing it and then he stops himself. He does stop himself, but he was he does not like stop himself immediately. No. And that's oh, no, he was about ready to walk away and let yep. the guy die. Yeah. The difference is this cruel scumbag who almost killed him did it as a as a prank, did it as yeah. just a mean thing to do something to someone so he could feel powerful in that moment. But yeah. if Malcolm killed him, Malcolm would be making like a concrete choice to kill somebody. Yeah. And that's completely different. Yeah. Like, he would be doing premeditated murder. He'd be taking the first step towards becoming what his father is. Yeah. And that is a very different thing. And that's what I liked so much about that scene, is the acknowledgement that he, even as a teenager, he had this in him. Mm -hmm. And he felt the pull of it. Yeah. Oh, such a well-shot scene. Yeah. Well, and we haven't even, yes, and Malcolm is, the actor is doing a wonderful job. Oh, completely. Um, and I think that what happens, right, is that, I mean, his, as his father said, because we didn't mention that in the first episode, that, you know, when he was cutting up the body, you know, his father says, well, yeah, well, maybe you enjoyed doing it. Yeah. You know, and that's what your guilt is from. And you do see at one point, Malcolm, you know, looks at himself in a knife and he sees himself smiling, right? Yep. Even though he's not smiling. And so that's just something. And then it's gone. It's 
gone away, but, and then we get this hint here too. So yeah. Malcolm has been fighting these impulses almost all his life. Yeah. So um, that's what this episode is telling us that he was fighting those impulses. So it goes back to what the hell still happened mm -hmm. from the first season with some of those flashbacks yep. that we had with Malcolm's that we've already talked about. Okay. And the only other thing that's there, and I don't really want to talk about it, but we might as well mention it yeah. is that Martin definitely, as you predicted at some point, he's going to get out of jail. Oh yeah. Yeah. We didn't really talk about his whole plan no. that the guy recruited him, uh, that he, he and the, uh, the, the priest, the, sorry, yeah. the monk are now working towards an escape plan. And yeah, yeah I said, I said, there's no way he's not going to either. He might work with them on a case for like have to get out. He might break out of jail, but 100% this season, they're going to deal with him getting out of jail. And here's the other thing that I think is going to continue that is going to have repercussions going forward, right? Mm -hmm. And that is, and this is my prediction for the rest of the season. Obviously, my prediction about Dr. Whitley getting out of jail, yeah, it looks like that's happening. Uh, we don't know the details. We don't know how it's going to happen yet, but that's, that's they're going to be moving in that direction. For some reason, he's going to try to get out and there will be consequences. But yeah. the other thing, and this is what I thought was worth mentioning that I'm going to predict is... Uh, fallout from uh, fallout from the Nicholas Endicott situation. Yeah. Right. Because the fact is he didn't work alone. Right. It wasn't just one guy and his lawyer and one goon, you know, yeah. <laughs> because the lawyer's dead. The one goon is dead. And Nicholas is dead. But it's like there are plenty of rich people he did favors for. This was obviously an organization where favors were being done for people and favors were being collected and people were holding markers. Like this is a huge organization that mm -hmm. is concerned about why Nicholas disappeared suddenly yeah. and then turned up dead. And people, someone is going to come looking to find out what happened to Nicholas. And that's why Ainsley not remembering that she killed Nicholas is going to be in more danger because she doesn't know what she did than if he had told her and, it, yeah. you know, found some way to get her counsel. Like the fact that she doesn't know that there's this danger coming for her is going to cause, that is my prediction for the rest of the season. Okay. Yes. And then the season ends with JT and his wife welcoming a son. They have episode a son. Ends. The episode. Their ends. babe. That's the, how the episode ends. Yeah. They, she and that's has very nice. It is very nice. Yes. And I gotta say, it's interesting because we skipped the whole, we skipped the, because they had just gotten, um like, uh, tried to have the baby and gotten pregnant at the end of last season. And normally we'd put up with eight to, eight to 12 episodes of JT worrying about his pregnant wife <laughs> until we did, you know, in January, the, the kid is born episode. But now we just skipped all of the pregnancy stuff and went right to the kid is born episode. Well, yeah, because it's nine months later. No, I just think it's pretty funny. <laughs> I think it's yeah. pretty funny that the plague actually yeah. kept us from having to sit through all of this cliched drama. <laughs> yes, well, I must tell you that we have the titles for the next three episodes. Oh, we do? Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, so, everybody, your homework for next week is to watch the next three episodes, and now we're going to find out the well, titles. No, are, no. Which is... yeah. Oh, yes, you will be able to by the time you read oh, yeah. this. By yes. the time you read We're not... We're not yes. put, like we're not putting these up this week no. or next week or the week after. Okay. We're putting them up. So after. your homework is 
take your father to work day. Oh, come on. <laughs> yes, it's like that's they're, what the it's next... like they're aiming it right at me and my prediction. Take yeah, your father to Fe- work day. February the 2nd, so Tuesday night. Okay. Take your father to work day. Then right. bad manners. Then head case. Okay, well, that all sounds fun. Those uh, are the next three episodes. <laughs> and I'm very psyched to see them. All right, yeah. so <laughs> we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks so much. We hope you're enjoying Prodigal Son as much as we are. Although that might be difficult, we enjoy this show a lot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, as an antidote to our 15 seasons of Criminal Minds, this show is just delightful. It is just a, a pure, yeah. it's not even a guilty pleasure. It's just something we like. And yeah. that, that feels good after, again, yeah. 15 seasons of Criminal Minds. And yeah. uh, I know, I know. Uh, so it's, uh, I'm very excited to see those next three episodes. We'll see you back here next week for that. Uh, mm-hmm. but until then, if you have any questions and any comments, if there's any other profiling related fiction you think we should take a look at, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you, oh, what was the other? Oh yes, of course. If you're listening to this on some sort of a podcatcher or app, uh, rate and review it because that is how people find the show. We'll see you back here next week for more Prodigal Son. But until then, I'm going to say thanks for listening and au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.